0: Let us be attentive.
1: You, O Lord, shall keep us and preserve us. Save me, O Lord, for the godly man has failed.
0: Wisdom.
1: The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Hebrews.
0: Let us be attentive.
1: In the beginning, you, O Lord, didst found the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They will perish, but thou remainest. They will all grow old like a garment, like a mantle thou wilt roll them up, and they will be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years will never end. But to what angel has he ever said, Sit at my right hand, till I make thy enemies a stool for thy feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to serve for the sake of those who are to obtain salvation? Therefore we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For if the message declared by angels was valid and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape? If we neglect such a great salvation, it was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard him. Peace be with you, the re- Wisdom arise that we may hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with all.
0: The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to Saint Mark. Let us be attentive. At that time, Jesus entered Capernaum, and it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together, so that there was no longer room for them, not even about the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, They let down the pallet on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, My son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there, questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak thus? It is a blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question thus in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your pallet and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, take up your pallet and go home. And he rose and immediately took up the pallet and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Peace be with you, the herald of the holy gospel. Be seated. At this time, it's a joy for me to introduce to you uh, my dear first cousin, uh, Father Jim Katinas from Helena College Holy Cross. Uh, Father Jim's dad and my dad were classmates at Holy Cross, and Father Jim and I were classmates at Holy Cross. So Father Jim is here to tell you a little something about the school today. He's going to preach now. And at the end of the service, he's going to just take a few minutes at the end of the service to tell you a little bit about the exciting things happening at Hellenic College Holy Cross. But, uh, Father Jim, it's a joy to have you with us. It's
2: a joy to be here. Thank you, Father Father (laughs) Paul. It's a joy to be with all of you today on this, the second Sunday of Lent, the day known as the Sunday of the Paralytic and the day in which we also commemorate St. Gregory Palamas. And if I were to come up with some kind of a title that sort of explains or summarizes the gospel passage and the essential teachings of St. Gregory Palamas, it would be something like, The Power of God, Faith, and prayer the power of God, faith, and prayer. Let's consider first the beautiful gospel gospel passage that we just heard, some of the essential teachings in it, some of the very interesting things going on with the language that Mark the Evangelist uses, and then also let us consider some of the essential teachings of St. Gregory Palamas, their meaning, and how we can apply them to our lives. We just heard the beautiful passage in which Jesus heals a paralytic who was brought to him by four of his friends who couldn't quite get close to him because of the great crowd that gathered about him. And I'd like to ask two questions at this point. One, what was it that attracted so many people to Jesus? And two, What interesting language is Mark using that might be pointing to something very important for us to know as Orthodox Christians? We just heard that the four men bringing the paralytic to Jesus had a hard time getting to him because there were so many people there. Have you ever wondered why Jesus attracted so many people? I mean, many times... In the church and maybe you had this experience yourself when you planned a big event we want many people to come but many people don't come and we try to figure out how can we get them to come now there might be a popular sporting event or a popular musician or band that draws all kinds of people the other day I went online to buy tickets for Billy Joel. My wife and I are fans of Billy Joel, and he's going to be singing in Boston. And I was shocked at how many tickets sold within the first couple of hours of of them going on sale. I almost didn't get our tickets. But this rabbi, this teacher, some thought he was already the Messiah, was drawing many people. Why? Why did so many people flock to see him. I think that today's passage will give us the answer to that question if we look at it more closely. And then also the life of St Gregory Palamas might have something to say about that as well. Let's look at this more closely now. They open the roof and they lower down the paralytic in front of Jesus and Mark the evangelist says seeing their faith he says your sins are forgiven in the original. How did Jesus see their faith? We might presume that because these men went to such great lengths to bring the paralytic to him, to open this roof literally, that their faith was obvious. But people wanting to see Jesus and going to great lengths to see him was not uncommon at all it's probably more accurate to conclude that he might have seen things with a different type of sight. He might have known by perception what was really going on in the hearts of the men that brought the paralytic to him. And then we have some more interesting language. When this happens, the scribes don't like what Jesus says. Remember what Jesus says? He says, your sins are forgiven. The scribes don't like it. But how do we know this? The scribes reason thus in their hearts, the gospel tells us. Via lo entes karvias afton. How does Jesus know that they are reasoning in their hearts? And why does the evangelist choose these words. Do they even make sense? Do we reason in our minds or do we reason in our hearts? The fascinating thing, according to our faith, and St. Gregory Palamas shed some light on this as well, is it's a little bit of both. St. Gregory Palamas, the 14th century monk, the eventual archbishop of Thessaloniki, wrote in defense of those who practice sacred Quietude. That's his most famous treatise. Because there are people that said that the Jesus prayer, prayer of the heart, hesychasm, another word for it, was a waste of time, useless. But he defended that. And one of the things that he taught, and many of the saints taught, was the following. In order to be integrated as human beings, in order to be complete Christians, In order to pray effectively, we have to have our minds descend into our hearts. Well, what does that mean? It means (laughs) that we ought to have our reasoning, our our intellect, informed by compassion, beformed by our feeling. We talk about, should I follow my head or should should I follow my heart? The Orthodox Church teaches, the saints teach, we should follow both in an integrated way. What's even more fascinating about this is that science now also explains, or seems to explain, some of the things that the saints knew for centuries. The outer part of the human brain, as it turns out, the cerebral cortex controls things like language and reasoning. The inner part of the human brain controls the limbic system, controls emotion, we believe, scientists believe. So Mark's statement that the scribes reasoned in their hearts demonstrates a deeper knowledge of both the human condition and even, as it turns out, science. But there's more. We also heard in today's gospel passage, Jesus, quote, immediately knowing in his spirit, to pnevmati asked, why do you reason thus in your hearts? So there's perception taking place at a different level, an additional level, at the level of the spirit. And the word for spirit, pnevma, is the same word that we use in the Greek for Breath. Holy Spirit, Spirit, breath, the same word. The Spirit of God should be, as Orthodox Christians, the Spirit with which we breathe and live our lives. You remember Genesis, the very beginning, when God creates man? It says, God formed man of dust from ground and breathed in his his nostrils the breath of life. Same word, pnevma. Human beings are given physical and spiritual life from our Lord and Savior. St. Anthony the Great, the founder of Orthodox monasticism, used to say, breathe Christ always. And yet, in our day and age, many people, I dare say most people, operate by the adage, seeing is believing. We want proof. We want numbers. We want the so-called quantitative measurements, the KPI, the key performance indicators. We want to be able to quantify and dissect and analyze everything. If we can't see it, it's not real. What can be so very limiting about that approach is that there are other measurements. There are so-called qualitative measurements that can be every bit as important as the quantitative measurements. In fact, some might argue they're even more important. And on top of that, there are also certain realities that cannot be measured, but can be understood and even entered into and perceived such as Jesus perceived in his mind and in his heart. Consider an example from the natural world. Certain insects can see ultraviolet light. Human beings cannot see ultraviolet light. Birds can see certain types of colors that a human being is completely incapable of seeing. Dogs and cats can hear frequencies that human beings cannot hear. Does this mean that those colors or those frequencies don't exist because we can't hear them? Of course not. They exist, even if we are not capable of perceiving them. The same may be said about the spiritual life. First, there's an area, faith, that is in a different reality, we might say, that really cannot be defined or, or seen by definition. Paul says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. But then there are also things that really do exist that we just are incapable of very often, of seeing and understanding. Not because they don't exist, but because our spiritual glasses are darkened with the stains of sin. And I believe this is exactly what the Lord is trying to teach his disciples, and by extension, each and every one of us. When he quotes the prophet Isaiah saying, For this people's heart has grown dull, and their ears are heavy of hearing. And their eyes they have closed, lest they should perceive with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn for me to heal them. So we could say that in today's gospel passage, Jesus gives the greatest gift to the paralytic before he heals him from his paralysis. The greatest gift that he gives to him is forgiveness. Because through forgiveness we are able to have the dark stain of our spectacles removed so that we can see what it is to live as spiritual people. But then Jesus also heals the paralytic physically. And this is the realm that most of us, if we're honest with ourselves, are more comfortable in, the physical realm, the worldly realm of existence. But we are invited to participate and to experience so much more. Listen again to the language of Mark the Evangelist. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, take up your pallet, and go home. And he rose and immediately took up the pallet, and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. The Orthodox Study Bible says that the people unwittingly confirmed Jesus' divinity because it says that they glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. So even though we have a difficult time seeing the spiritual life and participating in the spiritual life, God still invites us and stands with open arms, welcoming each and every one of us into his presence through faith and through prayer. God is so great that he transcends us, but he is also so loving that he comes to us and that he lives among us and invites each and every one of us into a relationship with him and to salvation. What draws people to Jesus? He is God. He forgives sins. He heals. He has great compassion. Compassion unlike any human being. O esplachnos, we call him in hymns, the most compassionate one. We say when we Pray, have mercy upon us, O God, according to your great mercy. Katato mega eleosu. Mega eleos. Great mercy. He loves all. He invites all into a loving and personal relationship with him. And the message given to us today through our meditation on the likes of St. Gregory Palamas and the Gospel passage is that God enlightens us. The light of God can be seen spiritually by the saints St. Gregory says. And God communes with those who seek him in prayer. And again, to quote St. Gregory from his famous treatise, Perceiving the divine presence is the gift of the personal divine communion or theosis. For in the very body of Christ dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. How will he not illumine those who commune worthily with the divine ray of his body, which is within us, enlightening our souls as he illumined the very bodies of the disciples on Mount Tabor. My dear brothers and sisters in the Lord, although we are all paralyzed by our sins, we can be changed for the better by the transformative power of God through faith and through prayer. God even calls us to be like him, to be godly. That's what theosis is. And through his power, we can even triumph over sin. Through him, even though our spectacles might be dirty, we can be given eyes that see. We can be given ears that hear, a heart that understands. And through him, we can be healed. Through him, we have even a new life now and in his kingdom to come. May he be glorified today and always.